Welcome back to Legally Empowered. I'm your host, Sahara Pines, and I'm really excited to bring this podcast to you. As an attorney and former business owner myself, I'm passionate about drawing on my own experience and insight to set my female clients up for success. I know my guest today feels the same. Today's guest has been blazing a trail in the entertainment industry for nearly two decades. Heidi Vaccarano is a partner in Fox's Los Angeles office who represents actors, Grammy-nominated musicians, production companies, independent record labels, tech startups, and other clients in negotiating talent, content, and production agreements across multiple platforms and mediums. She has twice been named a top music lawyer by Billboard and serves on the South by Southwest Pitch Advisory Board and Board of Trustees for Southwestern Law School. Heidi's also a leader and advocate on diversity and inclusion issues, formerly serving as Managing Director of Girls in Tech LA and is currently a board member of Mayor Garcetti's We STEM Initiative, whose goal is to empower women of all levels to lead Los Angeles STEM revolution. Welcome, Heidi. I am so excited to finally have you on today to talk about a topic that may be as equally confusing as as it is exciting, NFTs. Thank you for having me, Sahara. I'm excited to be here. I know everyone is interested in NFTs and making those million dollars that they see in articles, so I'm happy to have this chat with you and kind of break it down so people understand what they're getting into and what's out there. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a how to make a million dollars on uh, using NFTs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right away. (laughs) So I've got to admit, I was a little bit nervous to even have you on since this is a topic that I'm not totally comfortable with, and that's pretty much the understatement of the year. Um, Why don't we start with, like, what is an NFT? An NFT stands for a non-fungible token, which is a digital asset that is tied to a digital ledger through blockchain technology. A lot of us have heard what blockchain is, but basically it's a publicly accessible, transparent ledger that records the history of a digital asset, such as an NFT. So what types of intellectual property are typically going to be created into NFTs? Well, right now, it's the wild, wild west. We see everything from Jack Dorsey's first tweet that sold as an NFT to uh, comic book artwork that's turned um, into a token or the more traditional stuff that I see in my field, which is where a musician decides to tokenize their album, decides to bundle it with an NFT ticket for a concert or just general artwork that are collectibles that are turned, that are created and minted into a token. So basically anything okay. can be turned into it. Okay. I am going to ask you a little hypothetical. So if I wanted to, let's just say, turn our podcast episode today into an mm-hmm. NFT, what, what would that look like? How would we, how would we do that? Well, that's the best part of like my job. I, Well, take the asset that you're telling me, which is your podcast, right? Most of the time when you have your podcast episode and you have a guest appear, you have them sign some form of appearance release. So my job as the attorney is to to go through the IP issues involved before we get to the tokenizing of that asset. So you, as the podcast owner, most likely have somebody sign a release that says, that they are part, that you can exploit that podcast episode in any manner in media. 
So then you'll be able to go to a platform such as an Eternity, an OpenSea, a Yellow Heart, or some of the, the new burgeoning ones, because there's always a new one every day, and tell them, I'd like to tokenize my podcast and put it out there. So um, they would ask you, hey, who owns the rights? And you would let them know, I own 100% of the rights. So in that smart contract, you would get X percentage for being the owner. The platform who helps you put it out there as, as an option owns a percentage anywhere from 10 to 15%. And if you decided to put some graphic artwork or design, if you ended up uh, paying that person a flat fee, then you most likely own 100% of it, or you decide that I'm going to cut them into the sale of that and give them 5% because they created this really great artwork. So that's then put into the smart contract which is created by the computer code that's attached to each NFT, and that is what governs the token itself. So in the future, when it's sold, it shows exactly how the proceeds are split. Okay, and so the smart contract you mentioned gets like sort of auto-generated by whatever computer program you use. So you don't really need to know anything about that or do you need an attorney to look at that? How so, does that work? Yes, you're definitely going to want to have a form of approval. So when you're, we're, you're going to uh, do the deal with the platform, they'll send you their standard terms and conditions and what you'll want to do is have your client have approval over the smart contract before it is created and minted into the NFT. Once you create the smart contract and it's on the blockchain, it's nearly impossible to edit it, revise it, or change it. So mm. that's why it's so important for you and your client to review that smart contract and make sure that the parties are listed correctly, their percentages, along with any other digital data like their MetaMask wallet or however they'll be receiving them the proceeds from the sale. Okay, so how does anybody know that my NFT is up there on the blockchain? Well, that's the interesting part and why I love my job because it allows me to combine my creative side and the business savvy that I've learned after being in this industry. So my job when a client comes to me and tells me, hey, I have this really great meme that, I, that 10 years ago was going wild on YouTube. So I tell them, okay, great, who's come to you? I review the agreements, I look into the platforms and see what niche market they are um, their audience is a part of. So the NFT, the reason why it is such a hot asset is because of the scarcity. Sometimes you're only going to get a one of one. Like I mentioned before, Jack Dorsey's tweet sold for over $2.9 million because it was one of one. one that person gets to have the cachet of saying, I own his first tweet. Um, when it comes, exactly, but that's, that's what I love about our job, that every day there's something new out there. There's new income streams that are developing and that you can take advantage of. And that allows you and your artist team to be creative about how to continue to develop an artist. So who are buying the NFTs? A lot of Gen Zers and crypto whales, which um, I think to me, wait, wait, wait. Um, I don't know what a I crypto believe... whale is. Is that like Moby Dick? He's a crypto whale now? <laughs> But it's just like a term of art for people who have a ton of um, money, either in Bitcoin, Ethereum. They basically have, uh, they're your millionaires, but in digital currency, <laughs> in cryptocurrency. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
okay, so they're buying these NFTs and, and how does a non crypto whale like you or I go ahead and, and buy an <laughs> a NFT? normal person? Well, it's actually sure. funny because I ended up doing this uh, myself because I'm such a believer in, I can do the agreements, but unless you actually partake in a sale, how are you going to know mm-hmm. how this actually works? And the better you go through, the better you know the process, the better you can serve your client. So I ended up doing, uh, buying a Snoop Doge coin, which required, I had already had a Coinbase wallet, or you can go in and decide to use the platform it's some platforms allow you to buy it with traditional U.S. dollars, which they call fiat, or you can buy it in cryptocurrency. So um, if you're someone new to this area, you may want to look for a platform that allows you, you to purchase it with a credit card or using U.S. Mm-hmm. dollars. Or if you're more advanced, which a lot of today's kids are, you can buy it with cryptocurrency. And it depends. A lot of it could be where you're buying, there's an auction, there's a hundred available and you can put in how much you're willing to pay for it. Like I put in a hundred dollars to see if I could get a Doge coin. As another example, in the music world, we saw that The Weeknd created an exclusive song that he sold as part of his NFT collection. So one of one, and that exclusive song sold for $490,000. Wow. So that's great for musicians or artists who have name recognition, but how would a regular entrepreneur utilize this new marketplace as a revenue source? There's a variety of different ways. Uh, We represent some graphic designers who are a hot commodity, especially in this space, because something that makes these Mm -hmm. collectibles so rare and so wanted is the design and artwork themselves. So a graphic designer can get into the NFT space working with an author, particularly some in the comic book space are doing really well where they are uh, using the comic book art and converting that into NFT tokens and creating a whole metaverse, which is a universe, a digital universe that they can exploit and use the NFTs and collect them which again is part of the, the, the rarity of it. And it's creating a niche community that has the hunger for that rare collectible. And which sort of marketplace you sell it on might depend on the niche of the platform. Did I get that right? Yes, you're definitely gonna want to do some legwork before you decide which platform you want to go to because the important part is that you want that platform to market to the correct audience that's gonna help drive up the price. So you don't wanna use one that isn't, uh, hasn't done memes before because that may not be where that audience is looking for. So I, as an attorney, when clients come to me, do some legwork and research to see, all right, where has this, what has been sold on this? What's been the most popular? What is the audience looking for? That is the first thing I actually understand, but maybe that's because it goes back to traditional marketing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk more about the legal side. Um, How does it work with like the IP and approvals? So if you're hiring a graphic designer to help you, Um, Is it just a contract with that individual designer that you have the right to use, or is there more involved? This is actually one of my favorite parts 
of my job because we go back to our basics. We analyze what's going to be tokenized. So, for example, we'll go back to a graphic designer who gets hired by an artist or a musician to create some sort of artwork to go with the token. So, in that case, you may cut a deal with the designer that um, maybe they do it for a flat fee or a percentage of the sale. So, if you decide that that artist is going to be getting a percentage of the sale, then that you have to remember that that's going to be part of the smart contract. So, right. meaning moving forward, in the, the smart contract will list you as the owner, the graphic designer as a percentage uh, gets a percentage, and then the platform will as well. And a lot of people get excited about the NFT space because of the secondary resale market, which is most, it's like what you see out there as well, where people sell trading cards or sell artwork. Mm -hmm. um, that market is still burgeoning now. It's still very new. So there's not a lot of, um, we're not seeing too much income from the secondary sales, but Along with the smart contract, it'll list what the what you as the owner can continue to earn for a secondary sale, and that can be anywhere from five to ten percent, which is negotiable between you and the platform that you choose to sell your NFT on. Okay. So aside from the contract with you and any other individual that you employ or, or retain via contract, and that's a whole nother episode on <laughs> independent contractors. <laughs> I think that's oh, probably yes. next week, right? <laughs> or maybe that will have been a prior episode at this point, but okay. So aside from the mm -hmm. issues that, that come up with uh, retaining someone to create an NFT for you and the, the fee split, what other mm -hmm. legal issues are sort of on the horizon in this space and entrepreneurs need to, or artists need to be aware of? Well, especially in the music space, you have to look at what is going to, what is, what the NFT is composed of. So if you have music and you're an independent artist, well, then most likely you own the sound recording and the publishing. If you're an artist signed to a major record label or an indie label, then that record label is going to own the sound recording. So you have to go back to the record label and we treat this like any rights clearance for any media. We'll go to them and say, we wanna convert this into an NFT and you have an arm's length negotiation about what percentage of the NFT the record label will get and along with the songwriters. On the film and TV side, uh, if you take an example of film posters, that are then going to be converted into NFT, you have to look at the underlying IP. So we're looking at the studio who owns the picture itself, and you may be using assets from the film uh, that are embodied in the poster. Any third-party individuals who are embodied will also require separate clearance. So again, it's very detailed that you have to take it step-by-step step to make sure that you have all the necessary clearances before you approve the smart contract and mint the NFT. Because like I said, once the smart contract is locked in and on the blockchain, it's nearly impossible to rectify it or revise it. Hmm, very interesting. So in terms of another example, I was just thinking about it, let's say from a fashion perspective. And I, I know that you don't practice primarily in that space, but 
-hmm. when we talk about, let's say, a fashion designer who's creating a dress that maybe is, you know, worn by someone famous who wins an Academy Award, uh, and they want to create an NFT replica of that dress or something like mm -hmm. that, does, does that work or what it, Yeah. how does this translate? The designer will will most likely own the design itself of the of the dress, which then that gets created and minted into the NFT. We won't get too deep into like what the platform does or the mm -hmm. the engineers who actually do the minting. But at that point, the designer has the opportunity to to tokenize it, and they can decide I want to sell 500 of these for an for an auction starting at 100 dollars. So one important thing to know is that just because that you've tokenized this, it doesn't mean that you as the copyright owner have given up any rights. You as the copyright owner retain rights into the underlying work. The NFT token just gives a license to whoever purchases it. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, what else do our listeners need to know about NFTs today? I, my biggest thing is that jump into it. Don't think too hard. If you're just somebody who wants to do to start collecting NFTs, it's important to to get into the space and experience the purchasing. I think that was one of the funnest things I'd done. Um, if you are a graphic designer or an artist, or uh, you have digital, you have collectibles that you want to digitize, you definitely want to look back and consult with an attorney and see, hey, what are the rights clearances that are necessary? And another thing to keep in mind is this is such a hot area that some of these platforms are overloaded with what they call the drop, which is the initial primary auction. So whether mm. you have a really hot artist or you're just somebody who has baseball cards that you want to digitize, be prepared that there is a long wait because a lot of these drops have been programmed into the platform and we're looking at people who have three months of, of, say, of drops already um, in line. So there is a little bit of a wait if you're interested in looking to sell anything as an NFT. Global supply chains, even on the blockchain issues, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's still humans who are working all of these and digitizing and creating the artwork. So you come across the same issues, even though this is all new technology and new, actually new media. Now, I know we haven't talked about this before, but um, I recently heard that China, like, did something where they're preventing cryptocurrency use. So does that mean that like nobody oh, yeah. in China could buy an NFT or, uh, and maybe we won't use this question, but yeah. can you yeah. talk this about is, this at all? It's kind of just more along the lines of they can cut off the, any of the websites that let you purchase it. So it, that's a little bit outside of like the, NFT, because mm -hmm. I think in those areas, they block certain websites, like sometimes Facebook isn't available or Twitter or stuff like that. So that's more. So you may not um, have access to sell your NFT to people in China, depending on what the exactly. local rules allow, yeah. basically. Okay. Exactly. Okay, got it. Because the local jurisdiction doesn't allow those websites to run in those countries so that they can have the opportunity to purchase them. So that's billions and billions of people who won't be competing to buy your NFT, essentially. <laughs> right, right. The hope is, is that 
you know, this is becoming more acceptable worldwide. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the money is coming from like United Arab Emirates, you know, the UAE. There's, wow. That's where a lot of the crypto whales come from who have like mm-hmm. millions of dollars just to kind of buy. And I'll share this story with you where um, I'm working with a client to start an NFT platform for Latin music artists. And we've teamed mm. up with great designers based in the UK and they were the first to sell um, a digital hoodie. And they sold that digital hoodie for $26,000. It came with <laughs> the original physical piece. They have yet to get in touch with the person who bought it to mail them the physical piece. I was going to say, so what if the physical piece doesn't fit? Can you return the digital piece? <laughs> Uh, no. Well, you can sell it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Okay. Well, I am super inspired to jump into the land of NFTs, and I may have you help me with that offline, but I really thank you of for course. being on this episode of Legally Empowered, and I think that our listeners will also be inspired to uh, jump in to the world of NFTs, and um, thank you for sharing your knowledge and insight with us. Thank you for having me and letting me nerd out on true new media. (laughs) Awesome.